Amen. Okay. Hey, I'm going to give you a message today that took me like 32 years at least to get. This is something that started 30-something years ago. And uh, this is a quote from Harry Bazell, who was our pastor back in the late 70s. And this is something he said one time that really went into my heart. Uh, and this really, the Lord's really been working on me for the last three years about this. The only thing more important than knowing the Lord is the Lord knowing you. Let me say that one more time. The only thing more important than knowing the Lord is the Lord knowing you. Harry Bazell, 1978 or 79, I don't remember exactly which one, but that really, when he said that, that really had an effect on me. I could feel it going. And Here's a, some scriptures I just want to give you. Uh, first one's Galatians 4, 9. It's actually a couple of these that he quoted at the time. Uh, but, but now, after you have known God, or rather, are known by God. After you have known God, or rather, or known, you are known by God. So that's the, the key. And then the next one is Matthew seven twenty one through 24. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That's pretty, pretty strong words there. But notice that uh, the, you know, everyone who says Lord, Lord, mean uh, addressing him as the Lord of their life. Uh, and he was saying, I didn't know you. Uh, this is not a commentary against uh, healings and miracles and casting out demons and signs and wonders. It's a commentary to know the Lord and, and allow the Lord to know you. Uh, the greater includes the lesser. And if we, we can do things and be things, but if we don't have this real relationship with the Lord, those things really don't count that much in Jesus' eyes. Amen? What counts to Him more than anything is our relationship with Him. And then when John Arnott was here two or three weeks ago, he quoted this scripture to us, uh, speaking from the parable of the, the, five, the ten virgins, the five wise and the five foolish. And the, afterwards, this is Matthew twenty-five eleven. Afterwards, the other virgins, virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. So we can see how important it is in our life in the Lord on this earth is for us not only to have a, a knowing of Him, but also for Him to have a knowing of us. And there is a difference. Um, we can know someone. We can know all about someone. In other words, you, you know, I think, like y'all know a lot about me. I share a lot about myself when I speak lots of times. Uh, but a lot of you don't know me. You know things about me, but you don't really know me. Okay? There's a, there's a big difference. Uh, we can know a lot about President Obama, but we, how many in here really know President Obama? So you see, there's a, there's a thing that we have to be careful about that as believers that we know a lot of things. And especially the older you get as a Christian, the more you follow the Lord and go after the Lord in your life and have a real, you know, active pursuit of, of the kingdom of heaven, uh, it becomes more and more critical that you know the Lord. 
Okay, and that you have this relationship. But even more than that, it becomes extremely critical as you go on that you allow the Lord to know you. Uh, back in January, Mike Bickle was at Morningstar, and he was giving a message about, basically the message was about what the outpouring of the Spirit that, that they had at IHOP over in Kansas City. Um, real, real move of the Lord happened there. And he was talking about, and one of the things he said that was really, really stuck with me, really, and, you know, just really encouraged me in my heart to really pursue this, was he said, we had to be careful that we uh, can be around a move of God, but God not be moving in our life. In other words, you're, you can be associated with people who God is moving in and, and, and be in a church or a ministry or something where there's a move of the Lord but that doesn't mean God's moving in your life. In other words, it has to become something personal to you. Many people are in churches, and you know, I'm sure they're suffering with that out there. Ah, oh, there's people that are there, but they're really not a part of what God's really doing. They're just associated with. You can have a spouse that knows the Lord and is a tremendous believer and walks with God in unusual ways, but that doesn't mean you do, and it's no credit to you. So we really need to understand that God is calling us into a time of relationship. Okay, that's really the, the heart's cry of God right now to the body of Christ. Okay, if you, you, and I believe that was really when John came here, we really had to pay attention. When, uh, you know, you think John Arnott, you know, the Toronto blessing, uh, we're going to have a falling down message today. But we had nothing like a fallen down message. We had a message about knowing the Lord. And so we had to take those words, that we had to take them to heart. And I want us to really t- take this to heart this morning. I want us to take us to heart to really pursue our relationship with the Lord. But more important, to let Him, to let him have a relationship with you. Because see, uh, for a person to have a relationship with you, there's a choice that has to be made in your life. Okay, if I'm going to have a friendship with somebody, there comes a point where I have to choose to be to have, allow that person into my life. I have to allow that person access to me to be a true friend. Okay, and so we—that's a choice we all have to make with God. Many of us have—we um, I mean, probably all have this tremendous time where we really pray, and but lots of times we're talking at God, okay, and we're telling Him stuff, and I think. God wants to talk to us. We have to give God a chance to speak to us. We have to give God a chance to have access to us instead of us just bringing our stuff to God. That's why in the Christian life, the Christian life actually begins by making a confession. You're, you're opening your life up to God and confessing something that's in you that's not right, like confessing that you're a sinner, confessing that you have sin. But if, our, if, if it stops there, if, if we don't continue down that path, that's a, that's a path of relationship. It's got to go beyond just confessing those things. We have to begin to allow Him to also come in to us and come in to us and begin to know us. Okay? And so that's really, really a really a big thing. You know, every relationship in the natural that's a close relationship there is built on trust, right? There's, there's a communication. There's an honesty. There's a common interest that you have. That's, that's what friendship is. That's what relationship is. And so if we're going to have that with God, there's these, we have to let Him, we've got to have that communication, we've got to have that trust. There has to be a common interest with Him. 
There's got to be things that, that, he, that he loves and that we love and that we like to uh, join each other with. You know, friendship has, in relationship, really there's, a, there's benefits to it. There's much benefits to, to having that. I want to talk to you a little bit, you know, about that. But one of the things I saw recently, it was a young man. Actually, he was a, a youth pastor in a Baptist church. And he had a T-shirt on that was sort of interesting to me. Uh, it was a black T-shirt, and it had spiritual disciplines right across the top. And he had all these little blocks of different types of what we would call spiritual disciplines, like prayer, fast. He even had solitude on there, reading the Bible. He had a lot of these things on there. And what it, well, I, was at, I was intrigued by the T-shirt. So I was asking him about it, and what they did is they did a retreat. And they introduced to the, to the young people all these what we call spiritual disciplines. And his, he said to re, I was asking about the response. He said the young people were very interested in all this kind of thing. They were really hungry to know about prayer. They were hungry about Bible reading, which was really amazing to me that young people would be. But as I thought about it recently, is I was thinking if we could somehow take that thing and, and, and remove the word spiritual discipline from it and replace it with relationship. Because that's really what all those things are really about. They're not about being disciplined. You know, exercise is being disciplined. Eating right is being disciplined. I mean, many of you in this room are disciplined people. You, you know, you get up on time in the morning. You don't, you know, you're diligent about what you do. You're diligent to work. You're diligent about your marriage. You, you bring a certain amount of discipline into your, into your life because you know it's healthy and needful. And then it really is healthy and needful to do these quote disciplines. But really what God, God is not interested in disciplines. He really isn't interested in a relationship with us. He's interested in a relationship with us through prayer. I think one of the greatest things about prayer, the greatest prayer, is not intercessory prayer or, you know, a prayer for the sick. It's really the prayer to talk to Him. The prayer to communicate to Him and to allow Him to communicate back to us. And so that's really where God is calling the church. He's calling the body of Christ in this hour to know Him and to allow Him to know us. See, that's where we really, you know, we can be people who pursue this relationship with the Lord, but we may need to stop somewhere in that pursuit and ask ourselves the question, am I allowing God to really know me? How much access am I giving God to my life? Now, that's a question you need to ask yourself. That's a good question. You may be surprised at the answer you, you get from the Lord. Um, well, recently the Lord began to speak to me, and this was recently three years ago, uh, about progression of relationship. Uh, I had this dream three years ago. Actually, it was the last time I went to Argentina. The day I was leaving, I had, I had a bunch of dreams, you know, and they were all meant something real significant to me. And I understood all of them except this one. And this one was this, was I was with my dad, my natural dad, and we were working together. We were working in the yard. We were mowing the grass. We were working on the lawnmower. We had some guns there that were broken, and we were working on the guns. And, and it was just me and Daddy together doing these things. And, I, you know, I, that was a dream. And I said, Lord, what is that? And he said, that's your future. I thought, my future? That was my past. <laughs> Except for the difference was we were having a great time together. In the past, we were fighting. Like, Dad, the thing needs Dixon, no, it don't, you know, <laughs> disagreeing, you know, how boys can be with their dad. But I realized uh, what the Lord was calling me into since then. It was that relationship with Him where I work with Him and He works with me. That's really what He's calling instead of this other thing. But 
Larry wrote a, Larry Faldo, did I mention Larry Faldo? Well, Larry Faldo wrote an article uh, a couple, two or three years ago, and the article was The Three Bonds of Love. And I thought it was a great article, except for when I read it, I was so wrapped up in one of the, one of the bonds of love. The other two, I didn't really give it time in my mind to consider. But even though I wasn't consciously considering it, in my heart, God was considering it for me and helping me. Um, I'm going to see if I can get my kids equipped. Oh. Okay. Thank you. This is the great thing about iPhones. If you don't have one, Heather just got her one. She was the only person at the beach who didn't have an iPhone. It's really tragic when you're the only person in the whole family that doesn't have an iPhone. So she went home and found out her husband bought a four-wheeler and she immediately had leverage on him to get an iPhone. Well, you got a four-wheeler, I want an iPhone. <laughs> so she's a pretty smart girl, really. But here's a scripture. Let me read this, 1 Corinthians 8, 3. If anyone loves God, this one is known by him. If anyone loves God... See, this is the scripture. We can, we can know to the degree of our love with God, our love relationship with God, that's how you know that God, that God is knowing you. Now, so do you love God? Of course I do. But do you really love Him? Okay, in what degree? So what Larry's thing was, was on these three bonds of, of love. Uh, what I, I'm going to change them from three bonds of love. I'm going to call them three levels of relationship. Because I stumble a little bit sometimes about this, the love. And, and I'll explain it to you in a minute. But, it just, but this, I can get my hands around relationship. And I can't always get my hands around love. Okay? And let me tell you what those three, three levels are. The first level is paternal relationship. Paternal relationship. The second level is friendship relationship, and the third is bridal relationship. The paternal relationship is what we have been experiencing in this church for almost four years now. It's called the Father's Heart of Love. Okay, It's when you begin to get a revelation of God as your personal Father. This is my son, this is my daughter, I'm pleased with you and I love you. And that's really the thing that is really the foundational relationship of our life, is our relationship with the Father. And if we don't have that relationship with the Father, we're not going to really know who we are. Our identity is defaced, honestly, by the world and by the flesh and by the devil. And we don't really know who we are, and we can never really know who we are apart from the Father telling us. So the way to know who you are is to know who He is. That's the way it really works. You can spend your life trying to find out who you are and why you're here and all that stuff that, you know, people like to go after. But the way you find that is you find the Father. And the Father wants to reveal Himself, and He tells you, once you begin to see the Father, you can begin to see yourself and see who you are. In the natural, a father provides these things for children. This is good teaching for natural dads. If you have little children, one, you must give them their identity. Okay? You have to be the one who tells them who they are. If you don't do that, somebody else will, and you might not like who they told, told them. And that happens. Okay, the second one is provision. You provide for them. Okay, they know, they have some, they know there's a provision awaiting on them. And the third one is security. So, so it deals with, deals with our provision. If you have a provision question and you're insecure about your provision, you know, you can get that from the Father if you really know Him as Father. Okay? So that's really, really what God does for Christians. 
And we can know Him as Father. And see, that really is foundational. If You've got to get that one. Because the other ones do not work apart from that one. I'm telling you, friendship doesn't work and that bridal thing will never work. It will never work until you settle the Father issue. Okay? And I promise you that. And that's how God wants to reveal Himself to you. So if you don't have that, or you only have a little bit of it, or you've gotten thrown off of it, it's still available because He never quits doing it. Okay? Because we don't never... I don't believe we ever get over all of our insecurities. You know, God will begin, He'll show you stuff. I had this thing this week. I was talking about somebody and I said, that person is so self-centered. And my, Grace said, really? You've never known. I said, well, he's clever. He hides it real well. I said, but I've been around him enough to be able to identify his self-centeredness and I'm going to talk to him about it. That's what I said. A few minutes later, here's what the Lord said to me. Byron, you're self-centered too. That's what he said to me. In fact, all of us are self-centered. Everyone in this, everybody in this room, you're self-centered. And what the Lord was telling me is, is listen, you, you know, you need to face up to the fact that you're self-centered. You can spot it in other people, but can you spot it in yourself? And I, so I spent time spotting things in myself. I mean, just sitting down for a meal with other people and spotting the, the focus I have on myself when I'm having a meal with people. Try that sometimes. You'll be shocked at how self-centered you are. But that's the kind of things that the Father will do for you. He will reveal those things with you and help you through those things. Uh, John Arnott, when he was here, I had the really great opportunity of being around him in some different situations. I was around with him doing ministry in this school they were doing and watching him deal with the people afterwards, like, you know, forever afterwards. You know, people were clinging to him and like, John, let me just tell them people, get away, he's leaving, I want to leave. But he wouldn't do it. Then I got to spend time in the car with him, here ministering. I had some time with him after this. And this is the one thing about him that I discovered. that He is the most secure man I've ever been around in my entire life. That man is just all the way through secure. I've never met anybody so secure as him. Secure, he was very secure and he also has wisdom beyond, beyond most Christians. Beyond most, uh, I've never been around another Christian leader that had wisdom like he's got. It's just, just remarkable. And that's why I believe the Lord did what he did in Toronto because he had a man of wisdom there to be able to take that thing and do what is done. You know, and it's going all over the world and it continues. But anyway, so I said that to John. I said, John, I'm going to tell you something. This is the thing that strikes me about you more than anything else. You are very secure. He said, well, isn't that the point? That's what the Father does. That's what he was saying. That's what the Father does. The Father makes you secure. And I'm going to tell you something. It's very com- he's very comfortable in, in his skin. He's very comfortable with who he is. And he has, he's, there's not this thing, and I've watched people that you could tell there's this edge on them. Uh, they, they have a hard, little bit of a difficult time if, if, if they're the focus and all of a sudden somebody else becomes a focus. Like, I watched him like, you know, people ask himself, well, so-and-so can really help you with it. And he wasn't doing it trying to brush them off. He was saying, you know, they're better at it than me. I mean, he had no qualms about those things. And you could tell it was coming out of his heart. So that's such an, a key for us. And that's what the Father's heart of love will do for every one of us in this room. Make you secure as a person, as a human being. And that's really a very valuable commodity to have because we live in a world that's, that's at, which is doing everything to make us insecure. So, but the next thing, the thing that God wants to build on, because He don't want to just stop there. He don't want us to stay children forever. He doesn't want us to stay where we're always like, we're daddy's 
favorite and daddy's just loving on us and we're having a good time. We're getting identity and we're getting secure and we're getting provision and we're getting this and we're getting that. We're getting, we're getting. One day we want our children to grow up and become something more. And one of the greatest things that a parent desires for their grown children is, is friendship with them. Right? Parents, you want to have a relationship with them, with those kids beyond what you had when they were children. You want to hang around with them, like, like I was doing in the dream of my dad. We were hanging around. We were enjoying each other's company. We were having a friendship relationship with each other. And it was really wonderful to have that with my dad in the dream. I wish I'd have had that in the natural to that degree. I did have some friendship with him. So every parent desires that with their child, and sooner or later the children will begin to see that as, as being something valuable, is to have this, this friendship with their parents. So, so, so this is the next level of relationship. It's friendship relationship. Jesus is calling people into friendship. And I'll be honest with you, that's really where I'm at in my walk with God. I feel a calling from God at this point, a lot stronger in me now, you know, the, the father's thing was really powerful in me for a, a few years there, but that's really has really, there's another friendship, there's something greater in me, it's that friendship thing that I feel in my heart, that God's tugging on my heart. He woke me up one morning about a year ago out of a dead sleep. I woke up, I was wide awake, set up, because I knew something that was there, and the Lord, I heard the heart of God. It was almost, I, it was almost, I felt, it felt, it's, this is weird to say, I, I, but I don't know else how to say it, but it was almost I felt sorry for him because he, there was this cry in his heart for friends. He was saying, I'm looking for people to be my friend. He was like a person who had not many friends and needed a friend. Now, of course, we know that God's not pitiful on any level. you know. But that was the sense I got. But really what it was, he was talking to me. He was telling me, Byron, I want to be a friend. I want to be your friend. And I want you to be my friend. But you have to let this thing happen. This is John 15, 15. Y'all know this. Uh, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. Right? So a lot of people are content to be servants of God. And, and, and so what happens with a servant? A servant does stuff, and, and they're caught up in, in, in things that are going on, but in the end they don't really know why. What's the end of this? What's the purpose in what I'm doing? At some point you lose that. You lose the, the, the sense of destiny and the sense of purpose and because you're just doing something that you know is right and you should be doing and other people are doing it and it's a good thing and you seem to have some anointing to do it. But I'm going to tell you something. That will all leave you high and dry one day. You could be really powerful anointing and doing something. It will leave you high and dry. If you don't have this friendship because the friendship, he says, but I've called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. In other words, I'm going to not only tell you the things I want you to do, things you should have, but I'm going to tell you why I want them. I'm going to tell you what's going on in my heart about them. I'm going to tell you why I feel that way. Right? That's really what he wants to do. He wants us to feel what he feels. He wants us to sense, uh, you know, I want you to clean your house really good today. Okay. I need to clean my house. I'm being sloppy about cleaning my house. No, I want you to clean it real good because I'm going to visit today. I'm going to visit your house. Oh, there's a purpose in me cleaning my house. There's a reason. There's something greater than I'm just going here because I'm being slack. You know? Y'all understand what I'm saying to you? Uh, so there's benefits in friendship. I used, I used to know this guy who's the pro at the point golf course. 
you know what the pro is at the golf course? He's somebody who can get you in free. Everybody else has to pay $50,000 to belong to the club to get in. And then they still have to pay to play there, which is crazy to me. you got to pay $50,000. Then you get there and you have to still pay some kind of cart fee. It's like, what? <laughs> you know? But he could get me in free because he was the bro. He had authority to it. There's benefits to friendship. In other words, I have friends that get me into places I could never get into. You know, I had a friend, okay? Here's a friend. I had a friend named Franny who got John Arnott to this church. That's friendship. That's what friends can do for you. You see, Jesus wants to know, there really, there really is a benefit in being my friend. I really can open doors for you. I can do things for you through my friendship with you. And so he's calling us into friendship. John five nineteen and 20, uh, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. But for the Father loves the Son. We could actually, that word there, love, is a friendship love. We could actually say, for the Father is cl- a close friend of the Son. For the Father is a close friend of the Son. He has this friendship with Him. So He's going to show Him uh, and shows Him all things that He Himself does. And He will show Him even greater works than these that you may marvel. That's what a friendship does with God. He begins to reveal His secrets you know, things that he's up to. Here's a great example of friendship. When I went to China, I had on the way back in the airplane, I had a dream. In the dream, I saw uh, a person with sickle cell anemia. And I heard sickle cell anemia. I got to the airport in Los Angeles, and I was sitting in the chair, and I was sitting right across from this woman, and I was looking at her and thought, that woman's got sickle cell anemia. It's a disease that black people have. You can look at them and tell the it's got certain things it does to them. It's very destructive. That was the father wanted that woman prayed for. He was looking for somebody to say, that woman is going to be right there. I need somebody to go there and let her know that I care about her. Let her know that I love her and I want to heal her. That's what he does. That was not a random event. So when he shows you something, you just go and, and you minister the Father's love, and let them know, this is what God, uh, ma'am, I'm not really weird, okay, and this may sound weird to you, but I actually dreamed about you last night, and I've never seen you on the entire planet. But can I pray for you, and can I let you know about the God in heaven that cares so much about you, that he would, this guy that you don't even know, that I had a dream about you and saw you, and there you are. And see, that's the kind of friendship that God wants to do. That's, that's a friendship thing. And then here's something that happened to me yesterday. Friday I had a Friday I had a vision. In the vision I was sitting in Becky's Ford Explorer, riding down the road, and we were in a, a crash. Somebody ran back tail end us and crashes. And I saw the back end of the car coming towards us, you know, in in the car. And that was it. And of course you're like, oh gosh, no, Lord, please, you know, don't let that happen. You know, protect us from from being rear-ended, protect us from any accident. So we were driving home yesterday, and Becky and and Heather were having this ongoing conversation about something. So I was sort of dialing out. <laughs> I was trying to think of something else to think about, you know, besides what they were talking about. And then I remembered that vision, so I started praying. I thought, I'm going to pray. Lord, you know, protect us from getting in a wreck. Protect, you know, Michael and Grace, Aaron and Heather, you know, Philip and everybody in church. You know, I was just praying for everybody. Everybody I knew. Protect them, Lord. No accidents, period. 
car in front of us, two or three cars up, is taking a left turn. So, you know, you stop. Guess what happens? Boom! A car runs into us. Fortunately, all they did, they hit our trailer hitch and bent their license plate on their car. But I'll tell you something. It was meant that we'd be in a crash. Okay? But the Father revealed, this is what's going on. You can stop it. Now, my baby, grandbabies were sitting in that back seat, and my daughter-in-law was sitting in the back seat, and they would have got hurt if the crash had been severe like I saw in the vision. Because the back end of the car was full of our, our stuff, and it would have been, they would have got hit with it. Now, the Father cares, and that's why friendship is, has benefits to it. That's the kind of things that God the Father wants to do for people as a normal thing. That's not being prophetic. That is a friendship where God tells you what's going on, and you can connect with Him. And you don't even have to try to get this stuff. That's what's so, so awesome about being a friend of the Lord, that He is currently saying to the church, to people, to Christians, is I want to have a relationship with you. I want you to give me access to your life. I want to be your friend. That's what he's saying to you and I. Right now, right now, the most important thing there is, and really the most important thing, everything, but this is really on his heart right now, is mine and your relationship with him and his relationship with us. That's really it. That will, that's more important than your relationship with your wife. It's more important or your husband. More important than your relationship with your children. It's more important than any of that. Okay, it's more important than your job. It's more important than your finances. It's more important than your hobby. Whatever it is, put the thing in your mind that's most important to you, that you spend, your, you occupy yourself with. I'll tell you, more important than your ministry, than your calling, your anointing, none of those things. That's the most important thing. And if we will allow that to be the most important thing, then all those other things will come in order and they'll work better in your life. They may not work perfect. One of the things that, this is my, this is my plug for child rearing, okay? This is my plug for child rearing. Because I see this going on with a lot of young families in the church, and I think you're making a mistake. So I'm beginning to be the pastor and tell you that, okay? We were raised to believe this. The children are not the center of the home. The parents are the center of the home. You don't adjust your life around your children. Your children have to adjust their life around you. And I think if you'll do that, number one, your children are going to be a lot happier and more secure and more healthy children. Plus, it's going to be easier on you because there won't be so much chaos. You know, so I want to encourage everybody. But you see, spiritually, my relationship with the Lord, my relationship with the Lord, my relationship with the Lord, that is not the center of my life. Okay? It's His relationship with me is the center. And there's a difference there. And God's calling us to that difference now. He's saying, I want to have a relationship with you. Will you let me have access? Y'all got that? And, and then finally is the thing that John Arnott spoke to us about. Okay? It's the bridal relationship. That's the end time relationship. Here's my, here's my, I don't really, I'm not connecting with that really good. I think, oh yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not really, don't have a real living connection with that. But this is what I do believe. I believe that is going to be the key relationship at some point in time. That's going to be the most important relationship. But here's the problem. I don't think we can jump from where we're at to there. I don't think you can skip steps. I think God is saying, first, let's get this paternal thing going in your life. Then let's get this friendship. And then once you're walking in that, then you're going to be in a position to begin to receive that, that bridal relationship, which is going to be the key 
end time relationship. Okay, that's the that's right, right? That's that was the message from the the five wise virgin, virgins and the five foolish virgins that he gave us, right? I'm just saying my theology, my per, my belief is I can't jump from just from the father's thing all the way to there. I've got to make that step of friendship. I got to go through this, and one builds upon the other, and ultimately that's where I believe God's brain is, is taking us to is is to that. Are y'all good? So, let me give you this one other thing that I believe we should get this morning. It's Psalm 2. Y'all shall love Psalm 2. This is one of my favorite psalms. Psalm 1 is pretty good too. It's got the Holy Spirit River in it. Psalm 2 has got God doing holy, holy laughter. Y'all heard of holy laughter? Well, it came out of Psalm 2. I'm not giving you that one, but I love that one. I love this. This is what I love sometimes that happens. You're praying for somebody with a very serious situation, and you want to laugh. Have you ever had that? You want to laugh and you're sitting there because you don't want to be an offense to them because they've just shared this terrible thing out of their heart and you want to laugh at them. But really it's the Lord laughing from heaven going after the demons that have messed your life up. And he's just laughing because I always know when that happens to me, God's fixing to do something. It's an automatic because God's laughing. That means he's fixing to kick the devil out. The devil's going. I'm fixing some things. And he's happy about it because God's a happy God. That's why I like Psalm 2. But I also like it for this verse 8 here, because I believe this is the thing. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. God is really is. This is the truth. Uh, the difference that I'm seeing between the Father's love and the friendship love is, the Father's love is you, you're mainly on a receiving end. You're mainly getting your heart fixed. You're ma- it's mainly an adjustment inside of you. The friendship thing is like my dream. Suddenly he's saying, now I'm calling you to work with me. Not serve me, to work with me in what I'm doing. You got that? To work with me. And so God has this heart, this burning desire for the nations of the earth. It's burning on his heart. I'll tell you that. I promise you, it is a burning. This is not a call. It's not a call. It's not a call for certain people. It's not a missions call. It's not an evangelist. It is a passion of the Lord for all the human beings on the planet. Okay? And he has, and that's what we, he's calling us into. He's calling us in to the nations, the inheritance of the Lord, the ends of the earth, his possession. And guess where those nations may be? Those nations may be at work where you get up and go to work. There's the nations. They're there. Maybe they're all from the United States. Well, that's a nation, right? That's <laughs> a nation. And so we have to get this thing that God wants to release to us, this passion for the nations, the passion to see people know Him and to come into His love and, and His uh, purposes for this hour. Because they're out there. There are people out there that are... Well, let me just say this. We met a guy. This is crazy. We met this guy uh, that knew, that knows Eric Starr. We met him on the beach. Uh, this guy's really great. He uh, looks like Dean Stein and talks like Jimmy Purcello <laughs> and knows Eric Starr. <laughs> but he says, I'm not a Jew. That's what he says. I'm Italian, but not a Jew. I thought, he got to, we got, that boy was a Jew. But this guy's spiritually hungry. Now, that's no accident. We meet somebody who's got this hunger on him that happens to know Eric Starr works with him. Same company. 
You think those are accidents? No, they're not accidents. It is the father is looking at that, that man and saying, I love that man. And that hunger he has is for me. And I let him meet you. So there could be an encouragement in his life. See, that's really what he's doing. That's, that's the kingdom of God coming. And see, that's really where God wants to take us. Uh, let me tell you this about my son-in-law. I feel like my son-in-law sort of got a couple of jump. He jumps a few steps on me. He's over in Raleigh at Catch the Fire Raleigh, that church plant from Toronto. Uh, and he's a leader there. So to be a leader, you've got to lead something in that church, period, or you won't be a leader. Okay? So they were leading this, this what they call a night group, which is basically a home group. They had this home group, you know, and it was your typical home group. We actually went to a home. You know, somebody has a guitar, somebody has a Bible study, and we pray for people. You know, it's a great thing. Uh, but he said, oh, we're quitting doing that. I'm going to quit doing that. I don't really want to do that anymore. I said, what are you going to do? You know, there's guys at church. They just come to church on Sunday. They seem kind of bit lost and disconnected. They're business guys. I'm going to start an ignite group once a week at breakfast. I'm going to invite all these guys to eat breakfast with me to just encourage them in the Lord. Isn't that powerful? That is powerful in my mind. I'm thinking that is a way we can go out there and reach people right where that. We can get rid of all this religious stuff that we put on ourselves and start opening ourselves up to reach people right where we're at. Okay? Right where we're at, we can reach people. By just, you know, let's, well, they may not never know they're going to an Ignite group. You know what I'm saying? He may not, this is the Ignite group breakfast. <laughs> he may not say that. I don't know how they're going to do it. But I'm just saying that that's how God wants us to begin to think. That's what a friend does. A friend thinks like that. A friend doesn't think of his job as his career. A friend thinks of his job as a mission field. This is a place to release the kingdom of God. That's what they're doing in China. Okay? They're training these people, and this is one of the areas where they're sending them to. They're sending them to factories to work. Not for a career, but because there's kids coming in from the countryside into these factories to work. They're sending them there to go and, and preach the gospel to them and bring them into Christ. So they don't think, I'm going to get me a career at the factory. Okay, they're going there for the harvest. See, they have a whole different mindset than us. And God's calling the church to begin to have this mindset, but we're going to have it as we develop a friendship with Him. Because then we're going to begin to see His heart and feel His heart and feel His passions, and then all those other things begin to take a different order in our lives. Are y'all following this? This is where God's calling us. You know, if you're following this, He may follow you out there somewhere. All right, the other verse was verse 12. Can you put that up there, Pam? It's just the kiss the sun part. Okay? The other part, he's talking to, to uh, the world that's rejecting him. But he really is calling us. He's calling the church right now. Kiss me. Relationship with me. Let me know you. Let me in. I'm trying to kiss you. Will you kiss me back? And so that's really the calling from the Lord. That's really his heart for us. His heart for the body of Christ in America. Heart for the body of Christ all over the world. Let me know you. Let me know you. I'm looking for friends. Let me know you right now. Now, this morning there's probably people sitting in this room that you don't, the Father's heart thing, it's just not something, you don't really know if you have it yet. If you, or you may have it, see, I could talk myself into not even having it sometimes. If I'm hearing somebody who's really good, I'm thinking like John Arnold, like, I need prayer. <laughs> you know, I need this. I need what you got. <laughs> you know. 
I listen to Billy Graham preach the gospel. I'm thinking, I need what you got, Billy. <laughs> Please, I need to get saved. It's so good, you know. <laughs> you want to get saved again. Don't you love that? You know the Lord's on something. when You, you know the Lord's on something uh, like when the gospel's being preached and you want to get saved and you've been a Christian for 30-something years. I want to get, I'm on in. That's, that's powerful. I love that. Well, this morning, there are, really are people in this room that don't have that revelation of the Father's heart. You're still trying to find your identity in what you do or something, and it's rough on you. And you're in, really in, you're real insecure, real insecure in your life. And you don't, your future is really messed up. Bad, double messed up, because not only is it messed up in the natural, it's messed up spiritually, because you don't see the Father up there that's going to take care of you and provide for you. See, that's sort of some of these clues you, you get. Now, you may have, I still have stuff of insecurity in me. I mean, I'm not saying I'm there. I'm just saying, and God really wants to release that to you this morning. He wants to release the father-daughter-father-son relationship to you. Okay, and let you come into that with him. That's and that will change your life. I promise you. Once you, once that starts coming, it will really change your life, and it will de- redefine your life. The other thing is, is I believe there's people in here that's really come into that and been coming into it and been coming into it and been coming into it, and God's saying, "I want to have a friendship with you." Uh, it's time to. It's time to to bring things up a notch here. It's time to go to the next level. It's time for something different. I really believe that in my heart. I can't do anything on the bridal thing. That's the end time. I, I'm not messing with that one yet. But I believe we'll all come to that. But I believe this morning, if, if you're a person who really needs that, I believe he's saying, I, it's available. This really is available. And I want to give it to you. You don't have to strive to get it. All you got to do is believe and just receive it. And you can have it. So, I want everybody to close their eyes. I'm doing this for, for the people who are going to raise their hand right now. Okay? If you're a person who feels like they need something, some more stuff on that father's, father's love, father's heart of love, would you please raise your hand right now? Alright, hold them up just for a second. See, this is good. Don't look. So, Father, you see these hands raised before you. They're saying, they're acknowledging to you right now, I, I'm not getting this or I don't have enough of this in my life. I've, I've got insecurities and I've got issues in my life. I need the Father to reveal Himself to me. Now, Lord, I'm asking you to do that. I'm asking you to do what you did for me. I'm asking you to give them that revelation that you gave Jesus Christ when you said, this is my beloved Son. I'm well pleased in Him. I approve of you. I approve of you. I approve of you. There's no disapproval in me at all of you. I approve of you. I want you to know me. I want you to know who I am. I want you to see my Father's heart. I want you to see it over and over and over. Lord, I ask you to release that right now, Lord. There's nothing more precious to us, Lord, than knowing that. And I pray for their identity. I pray for their security. I pray all those issues, all the heart issues that are attached to all that, that every person in this room would come into that, all of us, Lord, but especially the ones who really are acknowledging it right now. I thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you that you're good. You're a good daddy. You're a good daddy. Good daddy. And Lord, I pray in the days and weeks ahead, this would become such a, such a dynamic thing for them. Happy is a man who trusts the Lord. 
Happy is a man who trusts the Lord. Next thing is, for those of you in this room, you're, you're feeling that tug on your heart. You're feeling, you're feeling a tug from the Lord. You're feeling a change. You're feeling a shift in you. Sometimes that can be, make you feel unstable. Because here, here's what it does to me. Everything that I was doing, suddenly I'm not connecting with it. And I'm not feeling like I'm connected with where I'm going. I feel like I'm sort of getting stuck in this in-between moment. Well, that's the, that's the Lord. It's not everything you was doing was wrong. That's good. Keep doing it, God. Keep doing it, God. But Lord, I'm reaching for something else because I feel like there's something else there for me. And it's that friendship. It's that friendship. It's that knowing what's on his heart. You know, we all know he wants to save the lost, but when he begins to tell you, this is why. This is why that person's important to me. This is why that woman sitting in the airport that no that she was important enough by her that I spoke to you so you would know to pray for her and let her know I loved her. She's important. I feel for her. I have compassion on her. He wants to do that. That's friendship. He wants you to know his friendship. And that's what he's saying. I'm not wanna I'm gonna quit calling you a servant. You know, the the elder son lived in the father's house. Okay? And said, I've always been your slave, you never did anything. He didn't know the father's heart at all and had no clue about friendship. No clue. It ruined him. It wrecked him. Made him into a religious, you know, maniac, full of full of bad stuff. So if you feel the Lord calling you, raise your hand if you feel that tug on you. You feel like there's a shift going on, man. I don't understand this. God, God is upsetting the apple cart. He's like he turned me upside down. He emptied me out, and now he's really wanting to make me into his friend. Father, I just pray that I pray for that anointing for friendship that you're releasing right now on the earth. And we're going to pull on that anointing this morning. We're just pulling on that friendship. We begin to know. We begin to hear what Jesus said. I'm not calling you a servant any longer. I'm calling you my friend, my friend, my friend, my friend. Hey, this is my friend. This is my friend. This is my friend Don. This is my friend Linda. These these people are my friends. These people are my friends. It's my friend Jason. It's my friend. It's my friend Ryan. My friend, friend Brian. See, that's what he wants to do. Then he wants to, then it's going to start coming out of you. This thing, this is thing that's going to start coming out. This wants to go out. Lord, we just ask you to do that. We ask you to release that on every person in this room this morning. Y'all feel that that blanket come down? Y'all feel that it was like a peace blanket that just came. Really good, Lord. We just want to bask in that for a moment. I really feel like the Lord really saying to somebody, He really, He really wants to launch you. I see like a big rocket being launched, and the Lord really is calling. He wants to really launch people into their into their destinies, into their callings. He just really wants to fire you off. And you know those big rockets? They have these this solid fuel thing on them that launches them. And once you light the solid fuel, you can't put it out. I mean, it's going to explode, keep burning until it burns out. It's not like liquid fuel that you can just turn off. This is something, once it starts, it, there's, no, there's no turning back. That's the way I feel. The Lord saying to me, you can't go back. There's no turning back. I want to launch you. There's no turning back. I'm going to launch you. Once I set that thing off, it's, it's going to go, and it's going to have an energy of its own. Lord, just, just pray you'd release that. 
Thank you, Lord. And I really believe this, too. Uh, watching the, that video that Matthew showed you all earlier, watching that last week, I saw, I saw an acceleration that the Lord wants to bring to the, the younger generation. He'll bring an acceleration. He'll bring them into the Father's love and He'll bring them into the friendship that I've been messing with for 30-something years. They can be brought into it pretty quick. I mean, real quick. It's not like a long process. There's an acceleration that God wants to do with all of us. Because He wants to accelerate us into these things. It's not years we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, things can change real quick in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for all you're doing. Lord, thank you for the nations. Lord, thank you for what you're doing uh, with those young people. How awesome it is when the Lord touches somebody when they're young that they can not go through some of the bad stuff and get rid of some of the stuff that's already happened to them. How awesome they can be as as their life moves forward and be healthy. How awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in China and South America and India and these different places. How awesome it is, Lord. Lord, thank you that you've given us an invitation to go to places. Thank you for businessmen, Christian businessmen. I, I wanted to say something. I wanted to free people too this morning, especially you business people. Because I, I think sometimes what happens if you're in business and, and you, know, you think about the seven mountain strategy and all that, it just beca- it's so big. It's like, like if you were like in, the, in the banking business, just using air conditioning, how am I ever going to change the banking business? I can't change the bank. It's just too big, you know. But you can think about that one person. You know, you can think about one person. One person. If you can change that one person that God brings into your life. You know, that's changing. And if all the believers had that in their hearts, you know, I'm not going to ever change the church body of Christ in America. Byron Wicker, I can't, it's like, it's just too big, Lord. Like, if I could change one person's life. You know, and wherever they went from here, wherever church they went, they could wind up being something that would change the environment there. God wants to free us to see that there's a lot of possibilities just in one person being touched by God. One person. One person that you, you minister to. Makes it, makes it within reach. Father, we just pray that. I just want to free people, Lord, this morning from given up because it looked, the mountain looked so big they didn't think I could ever get to the top, Lord. Lord, I just pray for every person to take that first step in front of them. One thing in front of us, Lord. I just ask You to release that. Thank You, Jesus. Ooh, amen, Lord. Amen.